0: Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGedigan. You'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode Sunday night, not long after Harry Kane became Tottenham's all-time leading goalscorer, scoring his 267th goal for the club. It's hard to believe he was a £4.5 priced forward in FPL, not for one season, but for two seasons way back in the day. According to official FPL, Kane has produced an attacking return in 55% of his appearances. It's a Saturday deadline in FPL this week, so I'll be back with another episode on Friday after the pressers. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss that one. This next game week is a double for the top two teams in the league, Arsenal and Manchester City. Both teams losing and failing to score in Game week 22 hasn't made our FPL planning any easier this week. On today's episode, I'll touch on how my Double Game22 is going. Welcome four new members to the 59th Minute Club. Update the watch list, answer questions from Twitter, and discuss captaincy and potential transfers for Double Game23. If you'd like to become an athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. <laughs> A quick review of the game week so far. So, I had two free transfers, but I only used one of them. I switched Kevin De Bruyne to Bruno Fernandes, which has worked out very nicely so far. It was an added bonus to see Kevin De Bruyne benched. I don't don't think too many of us seen that one coming. Bruno did the business in Game 1, and hopefully he'll do the business on Wednesday night as well. 68 points so far with Captain Rashford, Bruno and Shaw to play again. Well done to those of you who triple Captain Rashford's. 247k... Currently a green arrow to 191k, so if all goes well on Wednesday, if Bruno in particular could do well again, I could end up around 150k, which would be very, very nice. The points came from Kepa in goal with a 10-pointer. What an absolute hero he has been since the restart. No plans to change my goalkeeper anytime soon, just going to stick with Kepa, ride it out and reassess at the second wildcard. Luke Shaw's on 5 points with another game, Rashford 24, Bruno's on 10, and Harry Kane with a very welcome 8-pointer, especially when I only had one City player, which was Haaland, and I needed him to blank because I didn't captain him. So it was the perfect result as a Kane owner, not having any defensive assets from City. A lot of blanks this week from players who usually bring in the points. Triple Arsenal, White, Martinelli and Saka. Double Newcastle defence, Trippier and Bottman and that man Haaland blanked as well. So overall looks like another healthy green arrow onwards and upwards in game week 23. It was a very eventful weekend for 59th Minute Shoutouts and nearly 59th Minute Shoutouts. My phone notifications on Twitter The phone didn't stop all weekend, right the way throughout. Almost every game had a very close call or else had someone join the club. So I'll start with the newcomers. First of all, a very warm welcome to the 59th Minute Club, to Chelsea, Gio, Reese James and Hakim Ziyech. Thank you, Graham Potter. And also a double at Wolves, Matthias Cunha and Pablo Sarabia, both new to the Premier League and now both new members to the 59th Minute Club. We mentioned last couple of podcasts that Thomas Frank definitely listens because there's five or six Brentford players already in the 59th Minute Club. And he did his best to give us two more, but they just missed out. So De Silva joined last week and he got a 60 this week. Aaron Hickey, who was back from injury, who's already in the club, also with a 60-minute appearance. So those two players almost getting their second shout-outs of the season. There were some very close calls as well in terms of 58 minute appearances, Thomas Partey, Gabriel Martinelli, frustrating for us owners, question on him later, Veg Horst at Manchester United, Ashley Young and Riyad Mahrez, another big name who didn't make it to 60 this game week. A new signing at Bournemouth, Hamid Traore, just about made it to 60. Notable mention as well for Mudrick at Chelsea, who was hooked at half-time. So, very exciting weekend of action for me in terms of shout-outs. As always, Gamey23, keep an eye on those clocks. A watch list update now ahead of the weekend's action. Players removed, first of all. Some of these are players that were on the watch list with double Gamey22 in mind, so... Manchester United and Manchester City players, although Man City do have another double. I've removed David De Gea and Martinez, both from Manchester United, because they were in my thoughts for the double game week. I went for Bruno. I've got triple Manchester United now, so I'm not looking to bring in De Gea or Martinez anytime soon. Ederson's gone from the watchlist as well. Like I said, I'm very happy with Kepa, so I don't see myself... Upgrading, I don't think it is an upgrade anyway, and it's an upgrade in terms of price, but in terms of points at the moment, Kepa is smashing it out of the park. So Kepa stays, and I've got no interest in Ederson. If I do go for a defensive asset for Manchester City for the double, it's going to be a gamble on one of the defenders rather than the goalkeeper. I've also removed James ward Price from Southampton. Poor result for the Saints at the weekend. ward Price was shown some promising signs in the first couple of games under Jones, but all doesn't seem to be very well at Southampton at the moment, so not really want to invest any of my FBL cash there at the moment. And two players removed due to injury, Rodrigo at Leeds and Ferguson at Brighton. Hopefully Ferguson's back soon. Doesn't sound like it's as serious as it could have been with that Fabinho challenge. So hopefully he's back soon as a very cheap route into FPL teams up front. Players added to the watch list. He didn't play, at, he didn't start against Manchester City, but Pedro Porro at Tottenham came in at 5 million. I thought he might have come on, come in at 5.5. So at 5, he could be a very interesting option if he starts to play at right wing back, which we expect him to do so, although Emerson Royale put in a very good performance on Sunday. So Pedro Porro some very good numbers from his previous club, so one to keep an eye on over the next couple of game weeks. Maybe when Tottenham's fixtures are good, Pedro Porro is someone we might start to look at, and also a great name, which is always a bonus. I've added two Manchester City defenders, so like I said, I've only got Haaland at the moment, I've got two free transfers, I've already got triple Arsenal, so I'm probably looking at either bringing in one City player this week, and rolling the transfer again, or... ...bringing in two City players for a double game week... ...because they've got a couple of good fixtures afterwards as well. So I'll come back to that in the transfer section... ...but I've added Ake and Akanji. Now to me these two are safest... ...if there's such a thing as being safe in Pep's starting 11... ...given the injury to Stones and stuff like that. Cancelo's gone. I think Aki and Akanji should get significant game time... ...but I'm probably leaning towards gambling on double attack or triple attack rather than bringing in a defensive asset but i will be giving aki and the kanji some thought this week also been very impressed at chelsea by new signing baria chile looks really composed has added some steel to that backline striking up a good partnership with Thiago silva i think baria chile being in there has played a big part in kepa doing very well fpl wise so baria chile i think is only 5 million FPL as well. There's a question later on double Chelsea defence, so I'll come back and mention him later as well. Lots of defenders added to the watch list this game week. So if you're in the market for one, there's quite a few options here. Sean Dyche, masterclass, 1-0 victory against Arsenal. And of course, it's his old Burnley boy Tarkowski. He got on the score sheet. I think it was the two Burnley, ex-Burnley lads because Dwight McNeil took the corner and Tarkowski put it in the back of the net. I didn't catch the 90 minutes of the Everton game, but from the highlights I did see corners and set pieces were all being targeted at Tarkowski. He's only 4.2 million in FPL think that's his first goal for the season but he scored plenty of goals in previous campaigns and if he's going to be the target for all those set pieces we know how Sean Dice likes to play at 4.2 million with some decent fixtures coming up if you're looking for a cheap defender i think is going to be popular give me 25 in particular we don't have our Newcastle or Manchester United assets Everton have a decent fixture that game week. So I think is going to be a popular transfer in between now and then, and definitely he's going to be a popular transfer in for Game Week 25 itself. Another 4.2 million defender who was on the watch list a few weeks ago, picked up an injury, back in action now. Willie Bolly at Nottingham Forest. Forest have been pretty good at home recently. They're a, they're a tough nut to crack there, they're keeping a few clean sheets. Willie is a goal threat and he's also doing very well for bonus points as well. So Tarkowski and Willie Bolly, if you're looking for very cheap defenders. I'll throw in a third one as well, added to the watch list. Kilman at Wolves is only, I think, 4.3. Again, being impressed by the improvements under Lopetegui of Wolves. Very impressive victory, 3 0 against Liverpool. So again, Kilman's just another option if you're looking for a very cheap defender, possibly in a rotation or possibly just for your bench. Onto midfielders added to the watch list: The two City guys, Riyad Mahrez and Kevin De Bruyne, who I sold for Bruno last game week. The initial plan was to go straight back to Kevin De Bruyne from Bruno. Like a lot of people, I'm going to have second thoughts about that this week. So again, I'll come back to De Bruyne and Mahrez in the transfer section. Another player who caught the eye. In Game Week 22 was Leicester's new sign-in winger, Teddy. Got himself on a score sheet, and there was some very positive comments from Brendan Rodgers before the game about him, and he was waxing lyrical about him again after the game. Harvey Barnes performed well also, but I think at one million less, I think Teddy's come in at 5.5, so a very interesting differential for those who want to go there. Off the top of my head, I don't think Leicester's fixtures are fantastic in the short term. So, and again, I still if you're going to go for a Leicester attacker, James Madison's the one to go for. But if you can afford Madison in a couple of weeks' time, and if Tete continues to perform well, could be a nice cheap differential for the end of the season or the final, final third of the season. So add Tete to the watch list along with these others. Two strikers added, Ian Acho, another Leicester striker. I would love to see, I would love to see Ian Acho get a run of starts. It reminds me of a couple of seasons back, towards the end of a season. It was during COVID times, uh, you know, last ten game weeks or so. Ian Acho absolutely smashed it, and he was in almost every FPL team. You know, Vardy's over the hill now. Dak has kind of been in and out. I think a lot of us FPL managers, we we would just love to see Ian Acho start every week. Because if he did, we know how good of a finisher he is. He'd be great value in FPL, especially if Madison's fit behind him, supplying him with the chances. So hopefully Ian Acho can get more game time now. It was good to see him back on the score sheet. So yeah, Leicester attacking assets could become attractive in the near future. Like I said, fixture's not brilliant, but scoring four goals against Villa certainly caught the eye. Final player added, he's been on and off the watches a couple of times, Brennan Johnson took his goal very well to win the game against Leeds. Lovely finish from the edge of the box, kind of a half volley, just really finding his feet now in the Premier League. It's taken him a wee while, but there's no doubt this guy is a very, very good young player. Again, I think he's only about 5.5, 5.6. So if you're looking for a cheap striker around the 6 million price tag, I think Brennan Johnson is right up there at the moment as good as any of them. So that's the watch list updated ahead of Game 23. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Time to answer some questions from Twitter. First one this week is from Sean. Have you given any thoughts to your chip strategy The blanks and doubles are coming thick and fast. How far ahead can slash do you actually plan? So probably mentioned this a couple of times over the last couple of seasons that I tend not to look too far ahead. You know, I get messages from people quite often around this time of the season. You know, they're kind of mapping out their plans for all the blank weeks, for all the double weeks. And I kind of just... I don't look too far ahead. I've always got one eye on what's around the corner. You know, I know what's happening in Blank Game 25 I've got an idea of what could happen in Blank Game 28 And obviously, I know when the doubles are likely to fall. But until all the information is in front of me, and Ben Krellen has a lovely spreadsheet for me to look at, to take the stress out of trying to do it myself, I don't worry too much. And I tend to think more playing the couple of game weeks in front of me you know, with one eye on the future, but trying not to get blinded by those blanks and double. So I'm not planning too far ahead yet because there's still a lot of fixtures that need to be slotted in. And until those are in the game weeks that we know about, I'm not stressing over chip strategies just yet. I've still got the bench boost, still got the free hit and still got the wild card. But, you know, it's, it's going to be probably at least game week 29 before i use any of those so yeah not worrying about it too much yet it'll all shake itself out soon in terms of fixtures and then we can really start to nail down a strategy i think i was listening to a very good podcast if you if you didn't catch it last week planet fpl did a very good podcast on fixtures and what might happen and different chip strategies and all that kind of stuff so have a listen to that that will get your head around what might happen over the next couple of weeks and it might influence some of your transfers ...over these next one or two game weeks. So, yeah, not planning too much long-term just yet. Focusing on these next couple of weeks. Trying to navigate Blank Game week 25 as best I can. And then I'll look ahead to the next couple of game weeks after that. Question from Jazza. Do you plan on fielding 11 players in the upcoming Blank Game Weeks 25 and 28? So... I'm thinking about gimme 25 here so we don't have Newcastle, we don't have Manchester United, we don't have Brentford and we don't have Brighton. I would say I'll probably have about 10 players. I've got currently got triple Arsenal so that's 3. If I end up going with my initial plan this week of two free transfers to get two City players, that will give me triple Arsenal, triple City who both play in 25. I've got Kepa and I've got Kane, and I've got, and I would have two free transfers after that. So i would have a gimme 24 transfer. And I gave me 25 transfers. So that will give me eight plus two. That will give me ten players for blank gave me twenty-five. I've got Nathan Patterson, who does have a fixture, but I'm not really relying on him to come back and start ahead of Seamus Coleman. I thought Coleman looked pretty good at the weekend. So Patterson's probably not going to get back in, you know, straight away when he's back from injury. So currently, whether I get two city players this week with my transfers, or if I buy just one city player and roll my transfer, if if there's no you know, injuries or suspensions, I should have 10 players for blank game of 25. Like I said, I haven't really looked too far ahead to game me 28 yet. I'll deal with that closer to the time. But if, if I've got 10, if I've got nine, I'll be quite happy with that. As long as you've got the key assets, from the, especially from, from Arsenal and City, who've got good fixtures that week. If you've got, as long as you've got a good captain, you don't necessarily need to get to 11 players. And I won't be stressing over it. It might be a case of I arrive... I'd give me 25 with 10 players and I might take a minus 4 to get that 11th player. Because it's always easier to take a minus 4 if you're losing a player who doesn't have a fixture that week for a player who does. Because worst case scenario, as long as they turn up, don't get sent off, you should get 2 points back from them. So yeah, not stressing over too much. If I can get to 11, fantastic. If I can play with 9 or 10, absolutely fine. And I even think 8 is always a decent number as long as you've got the key assets that most other people have. And you've got a good captain. You should be fine. Question from Charles. For those who sold De Bruyne to Bruno for the double. Do we swear of bringing De Bruyne back in? Charles is leaning towards Mars instead. Because he doesn't want to have 12 million plus. Tied up in De Bruyne after the double game week. So yeah. This I think is the million dollar question in FPL this week. Those of us who sold De Bruyne to get Bruno. And we're planning to reverse it. Do we do it now with another week of information, with Bruno Fernandes on penalties, with Bruno Fernandes looking like a better asset than De Bruyne at the moment, and with Manchester United looking like a better attacking team than Manchester City at the moment as well. So, early days, it's Sunday night, there's a long time to go until Saturday morning for the next deadline, but I think I probably want to keep Bruno now. He's got Leeds Wednesday night, and he's got Leeds again. At the weekend. And I think it's Leicester possibly after that as well. So I like the fixtures. Penalties confirmed is a big factor. And I just think he's looked good. You know, I think he's got attacking returns in almost every game since the restart. So who's the better asset at the moment? Bruno or De Bruyne? I think it's Bruno. So I'm inclined to keep him. So I don't mind the idea of going Mares instead. You know, it's much cheaper. You know, you're saving the guts of probably four, four and a half million if you go Mares over De Bruyne. I think Marez and De Bruyne are both gambles anyway now at this point for a double, especially when one of the games is against Arsenal, and City haven't exactly been free-scoring recently. So, early days, but I think most likely I might end up going Mares and rolling the transfer. But the, the issue is I've already got £4.8 million in the bank, so it's not really... Cash is not really an issue to me. It probably would be Almeron to Mares, But, yeah... I don't. I think I'm going to end up keeping Bruno now, uh, but again, let's see. Let's see how those thoughts change by the time we get to Friday's podcast. As you can tell, I haven't given this too much thought yet, and there's certainly a lot to chew on for the next couple of days. But certainly, if you're not too keen on 12 million plus for De Bruyne, you can go Mars instead, and then that leaves you more cash for future transfers. Now, the thing about City, they do have the double, which is Villa and Arsenal, but they've got good fixtures after that: Forest and Bournemouth. Although both games are away and Forest at home have been pretty good recently as well. So maybe that's not as good a fixture as it might have been you know, in the first half of the season. Yeah, City are a bit of a nightmare this week when it comes to transfers. Question from FPL Brooklyn. Another City question. Do we need three City assets for the double? And if yes, who are the two besides Haaland's? So I don't think we need two City assets now. You know, I'm open to the idea of just getting a second one and then rolling my transfer again which I did last game week for a bit more flexibility you know with one eye on game week 25 you know instead of getting a third city player I could probably save that transfer and get myself an extra player for game week 25 so that's on my mind as an option if I do end up on three city who are the best ones Haaland number one and again, like I said, I'm leaning towards the attackers because there's there's a lot of competition in defence. There's not many clean sheets. There's not many attacking returns from those defenders either. So I'm still going to probably say Haaland, Mares and De Bruyne is the three I'm most likely to end up on if I do use those two free transfers. Question from Aaron Camacho. Is it finally time to move Martinelli out? Possibly. I did not like the pre-60-minute substitution. Trossard came on. We knew there's a always potential for Martinelli and Trossard to share minutes. We've got evidence now, I think, the game before that, although it wasn't early, it might have been 75-80 minutes, there was a Martinelli-Trossard substitution as well. And again, I keep going back to it, I don't have Odegaard, and I would love to have Odegaard, because you don't have any rotation concerns with Odegaard. Yes, he comes off early from time to time as well, as he did at the weekend against Everton, but when you see an Arsenal team sheet an hour before an Arsenal game, you don't have any doubts about Odegar. You know he's going to be in there along with the others. Whereas now, I think we're going to be sweating a wee bit on Martinelli some weeks. I do still expect him to start games, Martinelli. I think Trossard will have to be patient and, and probably have to do with cameos for the time being. But, you know, Trossard looked okay when he came on as well, had a good effort, came close to scoring. I'm sure he'll get a start at some point. Will it be most likely, I think, in place of Martinelli? You know, could be in place of Vincetti as well. So it's a tough one. Certainly, Saka, Odegaard is where you want to be when it comes to the Arsenal midfielder. So, again, in terms of two free transfers this week, I haven't ruled out making a sideways switch from Martinelli to Odegaard. Free is luxurious, but. If we've got concerns about Martinelli's minutes now, maybe we just bite the bullet, get rid of him and get Odegaard, who we don't have any concerns about. So, yeah, that's something else for us to think about this week as well. Question from Nimrod Kadosh. How essential is an Arsenal triple up in Game 23 And who would your ideal triple up be? Again, thinking about the double for City and Arsenal, I would I think it's more important to have Triple Arsenal because I th- I just fancy them as as the better side at the moment. I think they they've got the better FPL assets as well, so you know if I was if I could only choose Triple Arsenal or Triple City for this game week, I would probably lean towards Triple Arsenal. Uh, again Odegaard, Saka and then take your pick. You know, do you want a defender or do you want Enketia? There's, there's so many good options there. And there's not as much rotation concern at all compared to the Manchester City picks when you start talking about the likes of Grealish and Alvarez and all those kind of fringe picks. So, is an Arsenal triple-up essential? Again, I wouldn't say it's essential. For example, if you're sitting on just one at the moment, you probably just get a second one. And if it means taking hits to get a third one, I don't think you need to go that far. Again, one of the games is City, so who knows how that one goes. Who would be the ideal... Arsenal triple up. Yeah. Odegaard-Saka is where you start. And then, for me, Kerry was disappointing at the weekend, but I still think very good value. Although, I think there was a video of Gabriel Jesus floating around today on Instagram. I think it was his trainer put a, a video of him uh, running on the grass. Now, that doesn't mean too much. He's running straight lines. So... We we still don't know how, how how close or how far away Jesus is going to be. But if you've got if you've got concerns about Jesus being back soon sooner than expected, maybe you go for someone like a Gabriel uh, or or even a Ben White. I still I still think Ben White's a pretty good pick uh, and good value. So yeah, certainly if you're going with two, it would be Saka and Odegaard. Question from FPL Reaper. I think this questions come in the last two or three game weeks. And I think it'll come in next week as well. Is it too late to jump on Brighton players given their blank Game Me 25? Or is their form and fixtures good enough to carry them even if it means not fielding 11 players in Game Me 25? So, straight up, like I said, if you can only field eight, nine, or 10 players in Game Me 25, that's absolutely fine. And if that's the case, if you were close to getting Matoma last week or two weeks ago and you just want them now, or someone like a Astupanan who's doing quite well also, they've got Crystal Palace next, they've got Fulham two good fixtures you know get I said it last week if if you think matoma can get three goals in three games you just go and get him so if you did get on him last week well done very nice late goal you got to enjoy in that one and pretty sure he got all three bonuses as well crystal palace fulham then it's blank Game me 25 for Brighton, but then it's a possible Double Game me 26. I think there's possibility of a Double Game me 27 as well. I'm not sure if both of those can happen, or maybe just one. Again, check out Ben Crellin's graphics for that. But again, if you want them, just go and get them, because if you get Matoma, for example, you get him for Crystal Palace and Fulham, then you probably don't sell him. You just, you just bench him in Game me 25, you let him get a zero-pointer, and then Double Game Week's coming up in the future. So he is... Such a good player. You know, he scores all types of goals. Watching those highlights, uh, you know, great header. And there was a couple of other very good chances he had as well. He's just, he's an incredible player. Uh, and its I certainly want to own him soon in FPL. Again, might be this week. But uh, yeah, my my patient approach in rolling transfers might mean I might have to just be patient on Matoma as well. Question from Sertal Bilal. Does it make sense to sell Salah? Despite the probable double in 25, and if yes, who is a good replacement? So again, first of all, my for anyone who still owns Mohamed Salah, my deepest sympathies, it's been a difficult journey. I think it's been five blanks in a row now for a very expensive asset. And I think you know the short answer here is just get rid, because Liverpool are a mess, Salah's not the player he was, too expensive... You know, better options, better teams. There's there's more than enough reasons now to be to be selling Salah. Even though there's a probable double game week in 25, maybe you just go back there in 25 and in the meantime you get some players in who can get you points in 23 and 24. If you are selling them, the best options, if you don't have Saka or Odegaard, go there. Rashford, obviously. Uh, a Manchester City midfielder, although those are a bit of a gamble, but at least they've got a double, and they've got two decent fixtures after the double. Bruno Fernandes, I would go from Salah to Bruno, no problem. And Matoma. You know, Matoma and Salah, when I think of those two players, Matoma currently should be £12.8 million or whatever Salah is, and Salah should be about £6 million, whatever price Matoma is. Matoma is Salah at the moment. Matoma is playing the way old Salah did, and Salah's playing, I don't know what I don't know what kind of player Salah's playing like, but it's certainly not certainly not the Salah that we're used to. So yeah, plenty of options out there. You know, it probably goes for all the Liverpool assets, your defenders, your Darwins. I don't think you just hold them because there's a double common because it's you know, losing 3-0 to Wolves, it's it's not good. And it's it's not just one bad performance, it's multiple bad performances now. So yeah, I would be I would be moving away. If I was still there, you'll, you'll certainly sleep better when you no longer have a very expensive Liverpool attacker in your team who scores two points every week. Question from Keith Masters. Chelsea are looking a bit better at the back. Is it worth going back to double Chelsea defence? So yeah, this is interesting. Because I mentioned Batty Achille is cheap. A lot of people have Kepa. Uh, Reese James was back on the pitch, although only made it to 59 minutes. I had a, I shared a funny conversation I had with FPL Salah on a couple of minutes before the deadline, the, a couple of day, on Friday, yeah, Friday deadline. He he wasn't sure, he wasn't sure to start Rhys James or not. He's, he's held him the whole way through. Uh, there was a team leak a couple of minutes before the deadline, so I passed him on the info, and he started him. And I, I joked and I said it'll be a miracle if he gets to sixty. And 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 Abdul said, uh, don't say that, but you're probably right. So we had a good chuckle when when the the substitution came through. Uh, Abdul had Kepa so at least that at least that softened the blow. So. Rhys James is back but he is a nightmare Uh, and you'll notice I didn't add him to my watch list because I'm not in any way near ready to go back there because he's one of the most frustrating assets to own Uh, I think I think he's only got about I could be wrong on this but there's a number in my head I think he's only got about 28 FPL points this season Uh, obviously a lot of injuries but you know there's no mega mega points holes he started I think I remember him starting the season well maybe maybe three seven pointers in a row or something like that but overall it's been it's been pretty disappointing and again I'm just thinking 28 sounds pretty low so I could have that figure figure wrong but but go and have a look for yourself anyway double Chelsea defence if I was going there it would probably be I just feel a bit safer with Barrio Chile, even though it's a bit more boring it's cheaper. There's no injury issues. I think he should be pretty secure because he's playing well. You know, left-footed centre-back gives a nice balance to that back line. So, yeah, I think fixtures, when the fixtures are okay, uh, I don't see myself doing it, but I wouldn't stop anyone going double Chelsea defence at the moment because they are looking a bit more secure. If you're a more adventurous, aggressive manager than I am, then Reese James is probably the player for you. But... Be ready for pain. Moving on to double game week 23, captaincy and transfers now. So, captaincy, first of all, again, I think you've got to focus on Manchester City and Arsenal because they've got the double game week. If you've still got your triple captain chip, I said it last week, it was either Rashford 22 or Haaland 23. You might be feeling a bit nervous about triple captain in Haaland now because City didn't score against Tottenham. But again, I, th- I still think I would just go ahead and do it. It, it kind of feels similar to when I captained Haaland. You know, City weren't looking great. They didn't have the best of fixtures and, and he disappointed. So maybe maybe there is a case now for keeping it for a little bit longer for maybe an unknown double game week down the line. But I still like the idea of getting triple captain out of the way this game week, and then later when you're building your wild card, you can just focus on you know free hit chips and bench boost and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to be in a scenario where, where you've got too many chips left. Although I don't think that will be the case because there's still quite a few games to rearrange and stuff like that. So maybe go and have a look again. That man Ben Creel, and go and have a look at his projections in terms of fixtures and stuff, and see if there's somewhere else where you might want to keep your triple captain chip for if you still have it. But if not, I would still quite happily go ahead and captain Haaland this game week at home to Aston Villa, who just conceded four to Leicester, and also playing Arsenal. Other options: Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think he. I don't think he captain De Bruyne over Haaland at the moment. De Bruyne is. ...hasn't looked himself last couple of games and obviously slight rotation concern there as well. Saka and Odegaards, I think, are right up there as captaincy candidates. It's Brentford and Manchester City this game week for Arsenal. So, for me, it'll be Haaland, I think. It's when the best FPL asset we have this season... Has a double game week. Regardless of City's form. That is where my captain's armband is going to go. I won't be overthinking it. I think it will be Haaland captain. And it will be Saka vice captain. In terms of transfers. I've got two frees. I've got £4.8 in the bank. So the initial plan before game week 22 happened. Was roll the transfer. So that I could do two frees this week. Bruno and Almiron to De Bruyne. And now, at the time of recording Sunday night, I'm leaning towards maybe just making one transfer and rolling the transfer again. The other options are keep Bruno Fernandes for Leeds and Leicester, so possibly Almiron to Mares, avoiding De Bruyne. But do I really want to avoid De Bruyne when he could start two games? I don't know if I'm going to put myself in that position, so maybe I will end up... Going Bruno back to De Bruyne, but I want to keep Bruno. So, as you can tell, I'm a wee bit all over the place here. The good thing is there's five or six days to chew on this. Other options, could go for a Man City defender. The issue there is my defenders have good fixtures this week. I think the double Newcastle defence plays Bournemouth. Luke Shaw's got Leeds. Ben White has a double game week. So, don't really have a space for a Man City defender and don't really want to sell the ones that I currently have. Martinelli to Odegaard's an option and I'm going to give that strong consideration this week because I don't like the rotation concern with Martinelli now. And that man Matoma, he comes up every week. I could just do Almiron to Matoma and then maybe get a second City player with my other transfer. So plenty to chew on for the next couple of days. That's it for this episode. I'll be back on Friday to round up the pressers, answer more questions and discuss captaincy and transfers in more detail. If you'd like to hear more content from me before that, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General, where there'll be an test podcast on Tuesday and a live stream on Thursday night. Thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you Friday. The Athletic.